when people speak, they want to share a certain message, and often, often they'll think they communicated a certain point, and what they wanted to say and give over wasn't what was given over. They're off the mark what they thought was given over. And in general, this is something, an important question that a person has to be in tune, that they give over what they want to give over. And it's very nice you had the idea, but was the idea communicated? The person who listened to the idea, did they get what you were saying, get what you were meaning? There are people who hold, and you can imagine whenever you're out of touch with what you're saying and what you're communicating, that's very dangerous, extremely dangerous. There are people who hold their nice, but people around them don't feel good. That's a very dangerous, if you don't know what you're giving off, what you're causing to happen to another person, that's a very dangerous person. We're extremely dangerous if we don't know what we give off. I catch myself from time to time using words that are more modern, that I've learned from guys. I sometimes am speaking to a friend or my wife, and I, I say a word, I can't believe I just said that word. Like a very modern word, a new word. It's, it's just funny when it blurts out if you're around people at a different time. There's a word, iron is a good iron, that I like a lot, that I've learned from, from, from younger guys. It's a newer word that happens to be a very good word. It's called vibe. And it's a very important question, what's your vibe? It's important for a person to know, what do I do to people around me? I asked the Bacher, who, who, who roommates told me, creates negativity. I asked him, do you create negativity? He said, no, not at all. He said, well, what if I told you your roommates feel? He was like surprised. It's very dangerous if you don't know what you give off. One day you're gonna have, one day we're gonna have a spouse who's gonna bet on us, the one who bet on us most in our existence. What do you give off to her? Somebody who mamish chooses to put her entire life in your hands. What do you give off? What happens to people around you? What do they feel? What do they feel around you? It's interesting, it's a very common, it's very common Kids will have a version of their youth. And the father will tell me, that's my kid's perception, that's not what happened. It's, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. And the father will tell me what really happened. Now there's a line that's very powerful and true. Your kid's perception is your reality. You're stupid if you don't care what they're perceiving. What they're perceiving is what they're feeling. It doesn't matter what happened. It matters what he perceives. I'll tell you something funny on interviews. I'm talking to a kid and I ask them questions. How old is your sister? I want to know about the kid's life. How old is your sister? So sometimes the kid says 23 and the father's under 24. So I always tell the father, I don't care how old she is. I care how old your son thinks she is. I want to know from his world how old is his sister. I don't care if he says three and she's 32. I want to know on your kid, what, what perception, what, what world are you living? I, I don't even, where does your brother learn? So the kid will say, I, tell, I don't care, I don't care where he learns. I care where, this, where your son thinks his brother learns. Your kid's perception is your reality. I want to know the world he lives in. The world he lives in, his brother learns in Eve. I don't care if he learns by Abdafid, or Tzviko Shalevsky, or Tzviko Kaplan. In his world, what seminary does your sister go to? So the guy says, Sharfman's. The father jumps in and says, no, no, BJJ. Shh. I'm going to talk to you, Dad. I want to know your perceptions also, and your reality also. Right now, I'm meeting your son right now. And your son, I want to know, in his world, his sister goes to Sharfman's. Your kid's perception is your reality. Because that's what he's receiving. So it's not just the shticks, what your kid perceived, but there's a reality. But if that's what he was feeling, by the way, often, the father, when the father says, not what happened. I know you didn't mean that to be what he was receiving. But that's what he was feeling, that's what he was experiencing. 
to the point we've had guys in yeshiva who went through different things write a letter to dad I'm very into that whether they give it or not write dear dad I think everybody I want very badly people to be fully fully conscious of their journey I think you're safest if you manish get your journey I think people are very dangerous when they're like totally strangers to their own journey that they don't know what you were born with a Mazeltov, Sementovu Mazeltov with the Shalom Zacher and the, all the Sudas. And then there was a kid. What happened? What happened to form your attitudes? What went on? Was somebody bullied in elementary? What was the story? Was there a lot of stress? What was the story that forms your attitudes and feelings? It's very healthy to be attuned and aware of your journey. So I have guys write a letter to get their journey, Dear Dad. Now I always tell the kid, don't write, this is what you did. Because if I was not what I did. Write, this is what I felt. This is what I experienced, not what you did. That I was feeling, because that's not a debatable point, what I feel. No, you didn't feel that. No, I can't tell you what you felt. You can't tell me what I felt. I can't tell you felt. I could tell you what I intended, what I was doing. So the letter should say, this is what I was feeling, not what you were doing. You were, you were putting me down constantly. No, I wasn't putting you down. Oh, that? I wasn't putting you down. I was just telling you and correct. So say, I felt put down, not you were putting me down. Dad, for years, I felt constantly put down. It's not saying you put me down. I'm sure you meant just to give me advice and encouragement and teach. If I say you were putting me down, you were busy. I can't say what you were intending. I could say what I was receiving. That's just your perception. That's what I said. It was my perception. That's what I'm writing. I felt put down. My perception was, you can't argue on my perception. I felt abandoned. I felt like I didn't have a fatherly presence. I felt that I was never touched, that I was never encouraged, that I didn't receive a certain support. I felt unsupported. I'm not saying... If I say you didn't support, I didn't support you. You know what I was doing? I felt emotions. You can't deny that. So the perception, what you're experiencing, it's a very, very important question is what, when we behave, what do we cause on others? When you're out of touch with this, you are a very dangerous person. I recently told somebody, do you know that when you, when you, relate to other people, do you know they feel overwhelmed from you? They feel overwhelmed. They feel their space is taken away, that you infringe on their space. You're too much. The guy was unaware of what people, that's very dangerous. He was unaware. A Bacher recently, a very close friend of mine, somebody I love and I'm very close to. We're extremely close. And he told me, I thought I was doing something to help his Ruchnis. He told me it hurts his Ruchnis. It was very important. You think you, it's such a geschmack idea when I call the guy and remind him this and this, tell him this and this. But if, it, it matters how he's taking it and how he's receiving it. And to be aware of how others are responding to you is huge. To be an aware person. One day you're going to have a wife, children, help, and stop all our interactions. How are others taking? What is my vibe? The word vibe is awesome so what do you give off what what do people receive from you to be aware and as aware as you can be so if people tell you things you pay attention when you did that it made me feel oh, I didn't realize that or when I say that it made me, and to be aware extremely important we, we one day are going to give criticisms to, to our children. Criticism is powerful. I don't say not to criticize. Be aware what criticism and coaching and advising does. Be aware what it feels like. And by the way, then you'll make sure for every criticism that you give five compliments. Because what it feels like, I'm constantly being put down. I'm constantly told I'm not enough. How many people make people around them feel like they're not enough? I didn't mean that. What do you mean? I just, I always felt I'm not enough. That's a horrible feeling. How many kids say I was made to feel never enough? 
That's a bad feeling. Now, if the person who was making them feel, I didn't mean, I just was encouraging. I was trying to, you were very critical and you were giving constant criticism. So what you did is, so it's very important. We have to know what, we, what effect we have, what, ha, what our essence causes on the other, and then we respond appropriately, how we build ourselves, how we work on what we say. And by the way, I don't think that's what we were trying to do or communicate, so then we have to learn better effective ways. Maybe to criticize less, maybe to match. I, 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 I talk a hell to you. Well, I didn't feel that way. And that was very powerful growing up, to feel never good enough, or just to feel ignored. A Bakr told me recently that he felt, he, was, he felt invisible. A guy was describing to me, growing up, he felt invisible. That's a horrible thing to feel. Now, I'm sure people in his life didn't want him to be invisible. That's, that's Yisurim Nairam, I'm invisible. Imagine you walk around, you're seven years old, you're like invisible. Very dangerous. And then, by the way, when he grabs on to things he shouldn't grab on to, well, he was invisible. If you're invisible, anything that will make you visible, you're going to do. So it's extremely important to know what effect we have on others. What I'm getting at, Rabbi say, and what I want to get at is really really important factor of determining who somebody is and what they are is what effect they have on others. What's the response? What does another feel is a very important question. A question all of us should know about ourselves. What are my friends experience when they hang with me? Do they get a jolt of confidence of covenant? I was with somebody on Shabbos. I was with a Yid on Shabbos that I described his impact. He leaks respect. People around him feel very honored. I notice kids, adults, he leaks respect. It's like crazy. You're around him. And not, it's not pretend. He's not a flatterer. When, when to little youngsters, he speaks. He's mechabed. He notices people. He cares. He wants information. He remembers your name. He leaks respect. Everybody around him is respected. In my life, I was Zaycha to a grandmother who I thought was, in my life, the biggest I ever saw in respecting people. And anybody, any of my friends dealt with her, walked away, they felt better about themselves, higher confidence. Anybody. She was, she was a machine of covet. She was a machine of real honor and respect. And you walked away, felt more honored, more, you felt better about yourself. That was what she gave off. That's a magnificent, that's Kulay Neshama. The name of our soul is called Kavad, by the way. And she oozed Neshama, and each person walked away. That's just the effect she had on others. It's a very important question. What effect do you have on others? What I want to speak, what, what, what's this topic so much on my mind? It's a very important question. What is Hashem? Our creator, our maker who designed us all. What is Hashem? Who is Hashem? And once in our history, we saw him with the clarity like never before. One time in our history, we had what was called the, the most, the ultimate revelation in our history. It's in Parashas Peshalach. And we experienced Hashem to degrees, the word Zeh in all the Torah. Whenever it says Zeh, it's very important to know this totally. Whenever it says the word Zeh, is pointing at the thing. You never, just to know Lush and Kaidish, I want the guys to know Lush and Kaidish. Zeh means I am pointing. Zeh means this. I'm pointing, the thing is here. You never say Zeh when the thing is not here. In English, it would be like this, means I pointed to the thing. It's called the Lashon Kodesh Neichach. The thing is right here. We speak about people who are, I spoke about my grandmother, she's not here, that's the opposite of Zeh. Zeh is when you point to a living example and the, the thing is there. Whenever it says Zeh in Kola Torah by Kiddush HaChodesh, it says the words, HaChodesh HaZeh. This month, in Kiddush HaChodesh, the first mitzvah we got, this month, and all the, the Rishonim asked, Chazal explained to us, 
what was there. This month, how do you point to a month? This month? How can Zeb be a month? This month. I, I, Hashem, the answer is Hashem showed him a picture of the moon. Chazal teach us from here that Hashem made a picture of the moon and showed Moshe and Aaron a picture of the moon and said when the moon is like this, you're Mekadosh Nechadosh. Why? Because it said Zeb. That's a fact of this Torah. It's very important to know words and what they mean. You'll see Zeb appear in the Sefer a lot. Zeb, this Sefer, this one, you see it? So whenever it says Zeb, something was shown. I'll give you another example. It says, Like this shall you give. Says Chazal, like this, Hashem showed him a matbeya shel esh. Hashem showed him a coin of fire. How do we know that? Because the Pasuk says, yitnu. Like this you shall give. Like this means God was pointing. Zeh. Whenever it says Zed, the thing is there. I'm sorry? So that Chazal tell us that. The Chazal could have said he showed us Matbeya. He showed us Matbeya Shalish. That Chazal knew. Enechanami, Momo says, from Kazeh Yitnu, you don't see Shalesh. He showed him Matbeya. Chazal say Matbeya Shalesh. There's a lot of tire on that. Why did he show him a fire coin? But that you don't see in the Pasuk. That Chazal taught us. That's a Messiah we have. But in the Pasuk, you see, he showed him a coin. Because it says, Kazeh, you hear the rule, Daniel? Very important rule. We're very into words. Get the words. Whenever it says Zeh in this Torah, the thing is there. Which then brings up the most shocking Pasuk, maybe in the whole Torah, is Klal Yisrael said Zekeli. It's shocking. Zeh! This! We see it! Zekeli, this is our God. It means they pointed. Because Zeh always means the thing is there. Zekeli. The thing is there. Second, the thing is there. So that's what Zeh means. Amazing, amazing word, Zeh. And if Klal Yisrael said Zeh Keli, it means they pointed. And we all let out a collective gasp. Till today, do I know what they saw? They saw Hashem. What does it even mean to see Hashem? I have no idea. But all the Jewish people, millions of people, said, Zeh. This is my God. That's what happened. I'm fascinated that they didn't say In the one time they saw with the biggest clarity in history, nobody before collectively saw in such a clear way, nobody afterwards, an entire nation. It's one of the most shocking things in our history. It's a claim that the Yidden make. You can never even make up this claim. Millions of people saw God. You can never make up this claim. Me and Shlomo could start a religion today and easily we could get millions of people. I believe that. Easily is a strong word. I believe we can get millions. If we worked a, n- a nice number of years, over a decade, two decades, in t- the next 20 years, we'll go around. I think we can get millions of people. They're tricks. Make, it's very profitable. You can get very rich from starting religions. But we'll have to do that Hashem either appeared to me or to you. We have incentive to do it. You get very rich. You get a lot of power for sure. And Hashem either appeared to me or you, Shlomo. We can't tell people Hashem appeared to them. We'll only get quacks. Then it's not so profitable, the religion. It doesn't last so long. People say, only have crazies. But to say Hashem appeared to me or you, fine. To say he appeared to millions, we can't do. We can't even say to 10 people because we're not going to get 10 normal people to be in on our... And if they, if they lie with us, we have to pay them off. All of a sudden, the business is less profitable. But to say to millions, Hashem appeared to you, Shlomo doesn't work. This is a mitzayus. And we can't even say, okay, he appeared to your great-great-grandfather. Why do you never tell us about this? He taught us a lot of things that affects our life. You're the first one to tell us jump in the lake. No normal person is buying that. The answer is that the fact in our history, Zekeli, millions of Yidin saw Hashem. What fascinates me is when they saw Hashem, they should have said, God, God. What, when they saw, they perceived my God. That's what they saw. 
They saw Kaylee, my God. I don't, I, I try to picture what it is they saw that said, my God. They saw something, so whatever they perceive, God, you're the creator, the master of the world, that's not what they perceived. They perceived that you can connect personal. When they saw, they saw, Kaylee, you're my God, connection. When they saw Hashem, they didn't say Shema Yisrael Hashem Aleikeinu. They didn't say, they didn't even say God. They said, my God. That's what they saw. Zeh, they pointed to Kaylee. That means part of what they pointed is that it's my God. When they pointed, they should have pointed God. They pointed, if you see a dollar and you see a dollar, if you point my dollar, what did you see that it's, why you point, where in that dollar are you pointing that it's my dollar? It's a dollar. When they saw Hashem, they saw my God, means they experienced that you could have a personal cashier. They saw that. I don't know what they saw. They saw somebody, some being Hashem, who looks at you and they comprehended clearly and pointed that we can connect Hashem. It, the shock of Zeh Kaley. Zeh! Kaley, my God. They experience not Hashem only. They experience Hashem that we can connect to. My God. Amazing revelation. Amazing clarity of Kaley. My God, I can have a personal, not I could, I have a personal connection and a relationship to Hashem. That's what they saw. A mind-blowing sight and experience that our whole people had. Now I want to know what was the response to seeing Hashem. This is the question, Every what is, does Hashem love me? Does Hashem, what does Hashem do? I know... The facts are I know their rules. The facts are I know he does a lot of kindness. But just as much I know he challenges us a lot. There are a lot of difficulties. So what is Hashem? Who is he? Who is he? Who is Hashem? The question that all of man, every human being wants to know. Who is he? Who is Hashem? I know he created me. I know there's tremendous kindness, tremendous favors to keep me going, gives me a lot, but this also challenges me a lot. So who is he? And one time in our history, we experienced the clarity like none other. A Yid once came to Yeshiva and spoke in Yeshiva, and he described his own father as a very tough man who he was frightened from his dad. His father was very punitive. Word of the day, punitive. What does punitive mean? Punished a lot. Punitive, his punish. His father was a big punisher. His father was a very tough guy. And all the kids were scared of dad. He told us that in his speech, how scared of his own father, him and his brothers were. And then totally unrelated in his mind, he told us about Hashem. And his version of Hashem is if you don't behave, Hashem will hit you upside the head. A kid came to Shachris this morning. And I was so excited to see him. And he told me, I'm here, I need a favor from God, so I want to give him something. So I came to prayers this morning. I was like very tortured. This morning, this morning, I was very tortured. Mitzarecha, there's such amazing understanding, there's Hashem. He, he's praying, I hear you asking Hashem for it. But he was like, came to davening, I need to give Hashem one to get one. I was thinking, if my son did that to me, I would cry. I would literally cry, literally, literally cry. I would do tshuva, I would change my life. I'd make major changes to my life. If my son, I spoke to Manny this morning. If he said, Dad, Dad, I need $100. I really learned well this week. I would change my life. I would, that would be crazy. I really learned well this week. Maybe I've got $100. That's our relationship. Like, you learn where we are, like this business, nice business relationship. When you give me nachas, you're a nachas machine, and I give you money, just say that. I need $100. And I'm like, please, of course. 
I don't want it to be have a business deals when he's a good boy and I feel, you know, one hand what we each take care of each other. You give me nachas, I give you money, so we have like nice business deals going. Well, a guy said like, I need a favor from Hashem, so I better do some favors for him. That, that. I wish he came and said, I just need to talk to Hashem. I could have done it from my room. I'm doing it here. I heard a minion as a greater power of prayer. Then I would not be conflicted. But he was a business deal with God. This guy came and spoke in yeshiva and told us about Hashem, that if you don't behave, Hashem hits you upside the head. And said stories in his life where Hashem smacked him. That's how he saw Hashem, very punitive. Where that's his understanding of a father, and Hashem's my father. So he saw it as very punitive. If you behave, you get treats. If you misbehave, you get patches. That was, that was, that was like the sacha call of his father. So if you have that sense, so then, hey, I want a favor from God. This kid had a lot of emuna. Hashem controls things. So I better do something Hashem likes, one for one. So Hashem, I'll come to davening. Now, okay, I do what you like. So now you do what I like. and Excellent. That's his understanding of Hashem. There is such a thing. There's rewards. There's such a thing. There's 100%. Good deeds Hashem pays us. Tremendous schar. And bad deeds he punishes us. 100%. Rabbi say you get rewarded for good deeds. 100%. Rabbi say you get punished. Hashem is Malkeinu. is our melech. But don't forget, he's our father also. And he's Avinu Malkeinu. He's Malkeinu, don't ever forget it. Shame on you. See, I learned the water basic. You don't know Schar Avinu Malkeinu. Good deeds get rewarded. Bad deeds get punished. There's a truth to that. 100%. But he's our father. You don't have to ask him for things because I was a good boy. You don't ask your dad that he's your father. He loves you. You say, Dad, can I have $100? And your dad gives you because he, he loves you. You'll, by the way, get in the Malkeinu Cheshben, you'll get schar for that also. Hashem rewarded Avram because he knew he was his father. By the way, in the Malkeinu Cheshben, you know Avinu, you'll also get schar, by the way. But he's Avinu, he's a tata, he's a father, he's a father who loves us. You come to Hashem and you ask because he's a tata. I would have rather the guy from his dorm prayed to God and said, I know you love me. I want something and ask for it. Now, if he liked to come to Minyan, Minyan's much more powerful. And by the way, you should come to Minyan because he to do Minyan. And he's Malkeinu. He has laws that you have to keep. But it's notwithstanding, he's Avinu also. Avinu Malkeinu is a father. How do I know? How do I know with confidence? How do I know with confidence that that man whose perception of Hashem will hit you upside of that if you misbehave? How do I know he's misunderstanding Hashem? How do I know with confidence? I was called by a Yid from Florida the other day, one of the most fascinating calls I've gotten. I get a call, very wonderful person, going to listen to this year. He says, I listen to this year. And he asked me, Talmud Chacham, the guy has many children, wonderful person. We spoke at Talmud Chacham. And he listens, he likes the Chevra. I think people are inspired. They're growing people here, it attracts the world. See, he's listening in to any place where people are growing. There's chayus, there's a life here, there's something vibrant here, because people grow. So this man from his perch in Florida is like tuned in to a place where people grow. So he'll listen, he'll even listen to me. The songs are more important. There's, there's something here because people are growing. There's a chiyus here that's attractive. So this guy said to me, how do you know your version of Hashem? So he said to me, he came, he said, I came. He said, I struggle with negativity. He, he wasn't attacking. There was no attack. It was like, like, I want to grab on to the version you're saying. And I, 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 he's, he was basically saying, I know you're right. but So he's listening now. I didn't tell him this. I heard, I wanted to hear him out. I didn't tell him this. Will you prove what you... <laughs> Learn Torah. You have to discover. You have to study. You're not let to just say whatever you want. You're commenting about what Hashem is. This is real stuff. But I want to learn Parshish B'Shalach. It's this week's Parsha. One time in our history, we saw with the clarity like never before, collectively, collective revelation. Zeh! Keli, amazing Pasuk. Not Zeh Keli, Zeh Keli. 
So what did it do to us? We spoke before that it's very important how you interact, what you cause on others. Are you curious, meeting God, what did that do to everybody who saw Hashem? What did they do the next minute? What did, you know, when you experience somebody, it does something to you. I hang with certain guys, you walk away, it does something to you. Hanging with somebody, being with somebody, different people do different things to us. It's very important to know what you do to others. By the way, smart people, no, this friend brings out bad things. I'm not saying he's bad. This friend, when I'm with him, I say more lush and horror. I have negative thoughts. He brings out a part of me that I don't like. This friend brings out a part. Of, by the way, one day you're going to date a girl. What does she bring out of you? What parts does she bring out of you? It's a very important question. What do they, and different people bring out of us, the response to them is different. A very, very special friend brings out good feelings. I walk away, I feel better about myself. I feel more confident. I feel happier. I notice different people. Anybody's hung out with Momo. Anybody hangs out with him, it brings out positivity. It brings out good feelings. That's what it does. It brings that out. So it's a very important question. So Zevit, Ezra. Ezra, we hung, we were with Hashem to the degree that we pointed Zach Haley, what happened to us? Where did we go from there? What did it bring out of us? I think if anybody wants to honest in any intellectual way, wants to know who, so who is Hashem? So what's his essence? I think the first place I would look in the whole Torah is the place we experienced Hashem with the most clarity. And what happens when you experience Hashem? <laughs> and then we'll have a lot of answers to the most important question of our life. Who is Hashem? Well, let's find out when the Yidden met him with the most clarity, what did we do? And you know the response to all the Jewish people to seeing Hashem? It's incredible their response. They all said the same word. And this is the response. Please understand it. Anvehu. Zeh! Kaylee, my God. Personal connection. Anvehu, anivahu. Anivahu, me and him. The rest of my life, I'm going to be compassionate to others. Mahu rachum, afato rachum. Anvehu, anivahu. We committed to all being nicer to others. We walked away and we said, I'm never going to be mean to anybody else. That's, this, is a, this is a historical fact. This is what happened. I'm going to be like him. I'm being more respectful to others. <laughs> Do you understand that the experience of revelation, of seeing my God cause that the rest of my life I'm going to be nice to others. Do you understand an experience of validation? An experience of I belong, I'm good? Experience. I was reading this book about marriage. On my trip to Florida, Hashem has funny plans. When I travel on planes, I have a quirk. I don't get to learn as much as I would like in my life to my fault. And I have to do better at it. It's something I'm flawed one of the many areas. But on planes, I'm pretty good at learning. It's a quirk that I like learning on planes. Not so much up to your look. It's hard to watch a movie because I'm afraid somebody's gonna catch me and it's gonna hurt my cover. He's watching movies, okay? So the movie's out. So now what am I supposed to do? So I could watch, I get to watch other people's screens. If you look, but it's very annoying because I can't put in the headphones. So even when you're watching, it's very annoying to watch a movie. I don't know what's being said. That's so annoying, but you could watch, you see some action. So I could tell you some movies, like the basic thing, but I, I, it's very hard. You could say, well, you listen to games on the radio, use your imagination. 
it's very, you'd be surprised. I'd rather hear the sound and not the picture than the picture and not the sound. It's on a, on a, if I was watching a football game, the guy in front of me, then I could do the sound. But on a movie, I'm not clear what's happening, who's good, who's bad. I, I'm not clear what's happening. So otherwise, it's obvious. It's not that easy. If you want to try it once, watch a movie, The Friend with the Sound Off, and you'll share my experience of being embarrassed to turn it on and only watching on the guy in front of you. So movies are out on the plane. That's the bottom line. So next thing, what am I going to do on the plane? Sleep. It's, I could sleep almost anywhere, but planes are not part. That's part of the almost, not anywhere. Planes is very hard to sleep on the plane. I don't know why. I, my wife knows I could fall asleep on a couch, on a chair. My kids lay. I, I fall asleep sitting up on a chair. Anywhere. Somehow a plane. I don't. It's not so misogyny. I think I'm a, also. I like people. So people watching on a plane's a blast. So I do one of two activities on the plane. Either you people watch. That's a blast. That's like a party. You could do that for like six, seven hours. It's not the nicest thing. You're studying and just figuring, watching life. It's hysterical. The people watching on a plane is like off the charts. So you could do that, but it's not so nice. A little bit bad midas. So if you don't want to do people watching, which is probably, it's probably better than any movies. Actually, it's the movie of life. But people watching is not so nice. So if you don't want to do that, learn. The bottom line is that's my story, that I actually on planes, I'm a good learner. And I learn a lot on planes. So I bring a safer to the plane to get the learning that I want to get in. Because this way, instead of people watching, I'll learn some tire. The bottom line is I brought a safer to study on this trip. And I brought a safer about marriage. And I wanted to learn all different halachas of the chasna, halachas and minhagim, and ideas of the chasna. That was the safer I was going to learn. I show up to Yehuda Rolls chasna. I learned on the plane, Yishmak. And this was going to be the safer I was going to pound. I like learning it many times. On a trip, you bring a safer and you come back a little smarter. But I get a gift at the chasna. I get a gift from a yid I've admired for years. And it gave me a thinner book. I brought a thick book. He gave me a thin book. And he gave me a thin green book that he wrote about marriage. I proceeded, that took over, and I learned that. It's more about Shalom Bayes. And it became my safer. It became the safer I studied on the trip. This safer about Shalom Bayes. I'm going to forget where I was going with all this. We've traveled far. What? We'll get this. So I have to, I have to figure, I don't know right now where I'm going. But the bottom line is, I ended up studying this man's safer. It's, I, it's worth to tell you this holding Dashkoch Hashem. Uh, the safe is the best safer I think I ever read on marriage. Incredible safer. Maybe the best safer ever learned on marriage by one of the Rosh Hashivas of Neri Yisrael. And it was magical, really a magical safer. Rabbi Matasio Solomon writes an introduction to the safer. And Rabbi Matasio Solomon, the great Mashkirch of Lakewood, writes that it's the best safer I ever saw on this topic. Which Rabbi Matasio doesn't talk that way. He writes the best safer I ever saw on this topic. Amazing. And that's, that's what it says in this Sefer, Shragi Nuber. Amazing Sefer. Where was I going, Chavar? Somebody help me out. I wanted to obviously say something from the book. Is it something you saw on the plane? Go right to Shimmy Schiller's sleeper. Just our way of getting a call from Shimmy. Shimmy will call up the Kalish. This is what you wanted to say. There's obviously a vert from the Sefer that I wanted to tell you on Mahu Afata. We were talking about the response to being with Hashem. Oh! No, don't. Thank you. Thank you. In the Sefer, in the Sefer, he says the best thing you could do for your wife and children. It's a book on Shalom Bayes, brilliant safer, everything from Chazal proven with sources. He says the best thing what you could do for your wife is acceptance of your good things and your flaws. It's amazing. He said accept your flaws. Accept it. Accept your flaws. I'm sorry I got you all soaked. Accept your flaws. Even if you bang tables and get people soaked, accept that too. Accept your flaws. The best thing you could do. You're dangerous when you don't accept your flaws. We learned with Avi Per the other Shabbos about projection. 
projection, when you're upset about something about yourself, how negative you are to others, and you beat up others, because your own upsetness with things, you beat up others. I gave you the example, it's one of the funniest things I hear from parents. A kid in Yeshiva, an 11th grader smoking, and the mother tells me, I can't believe my kid's smoking. Why are you so surprised? So she says, in seventh grade, he would rip on all the smokers. That makes me laugh. It's just the, that is remarkable not understanding of human nature. In seventh grade, he would rip. He would curse out the smokers. And now he's smoking, I can't believe it. Do you know who the guy you 100% is gonna smoke? The seventh grader is ripping on all the smokers. Because, in seventh grade, I never was tempted to smoke, not a minute in my life. I, don't, I, I couldn't, I, I'm not on Purim, not on Hanukkah, not on Rosh Hashanah, who wants, why would I want to, I'm stressed, I don't try to bite the Havdalah candle. It's not, it, there's no logic to it. Why would I want to put fire in my mouth? It's ridiculous. Not Monday, not Tuesday, not Purim, not Hanukkah, zero, not any time in my life. There's nothing about it. It's just an addiction. There's no, any intelligent person's addiction. Now a guy's addicted, he's addicted to nicotine. There's no, there's zero redeeming feature to a to thing. Zero, not a part of it. So, <laughs> the bottom line is in seventh grade, why would I rip a guy smoking? You smoke it. I'm sorry, basically fine. Why would I rip on that? I don't have anything against the guy. The seventh grade who rips smokers, because he wants to smoke. Because he wants to smoke, so he rips the smoke, and it's called projection. Why is he? I can't believe he's smoking. He used to rip smokers, and that's the kid who's going to smoke. That's called projection. If a part of you wants to smoke, or you, it's causing frustration. You rip the smoker, you rip the smoker. I was walking in Meisharim, and about a 26, 27 year old Yushalmi started pushing guys who were talking to girls. Now, I also thought a boy and a girl shouldn't talk together. They shouldn't be, you know, they didn't look marriageable age, so they should avoid each other. What was he getting so physical and violent? It was so, I need to hug the guy because he hates the part of him. This Yushalmi, a big beard, mamish, he likes a girl, which is a good thing, such a good gift. One day should be good to his wife. He has Taivin, he hates that animalistic side of himself. He hates himself. So he, so he beats up this guy, Nebuch. He would accept, he has taiva. I wanted to give you Shalmi a hug and a kiss. You have taiva, you're a beautiful person. You're not an animal, you have taiva. I'm so happy, God gave it to you. Be nice to your wife, buddy. It's very good. He hates that side of himself. He hates it. See, he beats up this nebuch. He beats up some guy. If he would accept himself, he wouldn't, he wouldn't beat up. The father who beats up his kid on Minyan, there's a part of himself he hates. He writes in this precious Sefer, the best thing you could do for others is accept yourself. Your mindless and your chesreinus. If you'd accept it, you'd stop being violent and mean and negative. The father who's most critical and dangerous of his kid is because he doesn't accept himself. He's not like some confident, happy guy in all days criticizing, being negative, punishing his kid. The safest father you'll be in the world. A guy calls me, a guy says, Rebbe, my wife has a certain chesar and it's making me crazy. Should I give her musa? You should just accept your own flaws, buddy. <laughs> He's trying to give her musa. You have flaws, so you're insecure about your flaws. So then when she has a flaw, this looks so bad to me. What do people say? You're insecure about you, buddy. So then who she is, what she does is just the reflection of you. That's all projection. If you would completely accept and be confident and satisfied of your mindless and your chesreinus and accept it and be happy with it and just embrace it, our good things and our flaws, we are so gentle and kind to somebody else. Oh, the flaw. Cool, nice, hug, chizuk. I don't know. It's just not a problem. He said the greatest thing we could do for our spouse and kids is be completely accepting of all our good things and all our flaws. Do you know the response to meeting Hashem? The response was the rest of my life I'm being nice to everybody in the world. Do you understand the response to Zach Haley? My God, okay, the rest of my life, I'm being nice to everybody else. 
100% validation to the point that we were able to say, Anivahu, I'm going to be godly the rest of my life. I'm being nice to other people. What can cause such a response? Only one thing, complete validation and acceptance. At the point that I am good, at the point I'm fine, my mindless and my chisreinus are acceptable, are validated. At that point, I can make a commitment to be kind and nice to everybody in the world. That's the only thing that can cause such a response. By the way, you know what happened the one time we saw Hashem? With the utmost clarity, that's what happened. We all said, Anibu, I'm being kind to everybody in the world from now on. The most, the, the deepest, most profound validation, which then has the results on value. I'm going to be nice to everybody. I'm, I'm being godly. I'm going to be nice to everybody. I'm okay. I'm acceptable. I'm value. I'm evil. I'm being nice to everybody in the world. That was the response to seeing Hashem. That's Psukim. This is Psukim in our Torah, my friends. Now I ask you, who is Hashem? Don't look past here. That was Hashem. That's the experience of seeing Hashem. This is what was accomplished. This is what came out of the experience of seeing Hashem. Hashem loves us, accepts us, wants us, appreciates us. That's the experience of meeting Hashem. When you want to, by the way, be godly and give off what Hashem gives off, acceptance, acceptance, validation. You're now being godly. Mahu Afani, being like Hashem, being like Hashem, being like Hashem, me and him, to be like him. Acceptance, validation, appreciation, that's real. You're good and acceptable, you're mindless and chisrenous. Amazing in the Sefer, mind blown, mind blown. This Sefer was like, are you, it was, are you kidding me? And like, it's funny, you go on a trip thinking you're going to see, that became that thin book. I, it's an easy deal exchanging a thick book for a thin book, but this, this Sefer became my Sefer of the trip became the safer, really remarkable stuff. It's in yeshiva. I put it on the table, hoping people would find it. It's in the corner. It's a green safer, highly recommended. He doesn't bring this source. That's mine. That's why I don't want to. That's Psukim. He talks from other places. He talks from this idea when you accept yourself, but that's kol apaisel. We have a gemara kedushin. We have projection. We have avia. Kol apaisel, the mumar apaisel. If you passel others, it's with your own flaws. If you have flaws, you see flaws in others. It's project. We all know it's true. That's projection. That's that seventh grader. I hate smokers, and then he smokes. Of course, he smokes. What? Yeah. If you're comfortable here, Yana looks great. If you're comfortable here, the other person looks great. But we don't have projection, why wouldn't we see greatness in people? Rev Miller describes to look at people and see Tselem Kim to be dazzled by them. But if we have flaws, we're so, we're wearing glasses that don't let us. We're so, for every, everybody, we've all experienced this type of projection. And we're frustrated to the point we project on somebody else. And we're all mad about, I can't believe he's doing that. <laughs> what, are you, what, are you, what are you getting so riled up? That's... This is classic projection. Acceptance, accept our milus, accept our chisrainus, accept, accept, don't worry, don't worry, accept, accept the perfection. How could I, I, in the book he says to accept your chisrainus, how can I, I don't get it. Doesn't that, no, doesn't make you puzzle, you're human and born so. Now accept it, and of course, but I mean, I won't work on it, of course I'm going to work on it. Of course I'm going to work on it. I can't. And I'm going to roll up my sleeve and work. And do anything. By the way, let's say I can't do anything. I feel so sad. So I can't do anything. There's no Avera. The terror says, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to do everything I can and pray and ask Hashem for heavenly assistance and let's go. Move forward. If we accept, if we profoundly accept, we're safe people. And we don't accept, oh, we dangerous another. But the experience of seeing Hashem caused an amount of acceptance and validation that allowed us to say, I'm going to be kind to people all my life. That is the first thing I wanted to share this Erev Shabbos Kodesh. I have a very short other thing, like a really short, this is like, 
the main thing I wanted to share with the Chevra an understanding of who Hashem is, because this is the reality. This is the MS. This is the MS. This is the MS. Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu. We say in we say in um. We say in Shmanesri, Hashem's Eloikei Avram is the God of Avram. It's a wild thing to say he's the God of Avram, Hashem's the God of the world. To call him the God of a person, he's the God of Avram. When you met Avram, you understood Hashem. When you met Avram, Avram taught the world about Hashem. What was Avram's Midash Loima? Kindness. Chesed Avram, kindness. Avram saw idol worships, what he called them, Adonai, my master. Avram was Mida, was Ayin Toiv, Chesed and a good eye. Who taught the world about Hashem? Avram Avin, who started our people, taught the world about Hashem. Avram's Mida was Ayin Toiv, Momo. He had a good eye, he saw good in people. When people met Avram and felt his validation, his kindness, his respect, they said, now I get what God is. We call Hashem Lekei Avram because through Avram, sometimes I, I like great people. I like a Dalem. And you don't always have access to a Gadol. But if you meet a Talmud of a Gadol, you're like, ah, ah, I hear. You could hear an echo of, ah. You meet somebody, they're not the Rebbe, but they mirror the Rebbe. They give off the vibe of the Rebbe. It's like, ah. I get. What, I, I hear what you're saying. You get what you get. The mirror. That's why Avram Avinu. When people met Avram, they said, "That's Hashem," because he just gave off what he received from Hashem, Avram Avinu. And people meeting Avram, who didn't have the clarity that he has, said, "Whoa, oh, that's what Hashem is. That's what Hashem is." Zekeli, when we witnessed Hashem, and Veyu, Anivu, I'm going to be that way. And people will meet us and they'll say, ah. We received a validation that made us powerful to be more godly and giving and caring, that took away all this type of negativity that we see on others. It was healing, it was validating. And then our behavior of Anveyu, we'll see others that way, People are like, ah, I know what you saw. I know. Until today, our people still teach everybody what we saw. By our behaviors, by our kindness, people are like, ah, uh-huh. I get it, I get it. That's the kindness of the Yid. That's the ayin taif of Ben Avram. That through us, the world experiences Hashem. That's the Jewish people. Through us, they see and experience what we saw and experienced. That's the that's the avoid. It's funny. A bacher wants to share about the yeshiva. A guy wants to share. He tells, he tells somebody, "I'm telling you, what a bear. First of all, if you can't articulate the yeshiva, so what are you going to impact? But don't teach it with words. Teach it by incorporating the values. And somebody says, "Ah, ah, I, I understand." They'll see an ayin toiv. They'll see a simcha sachayim that you'll exude and they'll say, ah, I get it, I, I, I hear. I hear you're studying Torah. You're studying Avram Avinu. You're studying the purity of service of Hashem. I get what you, I, I, hear what, I hear what you're seeing. I'm experiencing what you're seeing. That's the process. That's the process of Talmidim of Avram. That's the Messiah that we're part of. We'll leave it, we'll leave it at this. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Agut Shabbos Kodesh.